This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart. And as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback. And I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Oh, Queeros, finally. Jacqueline Tabani, one of the stars of the L Word Generation Q, and I are talking on this week's episode. I really like this person. What a sweetheart. And I forgot that I like work with one of her former co-stars. Uh, anyway, so that's amazing. And enjoy the episode and please watch the L Word Generation Q. We love that they're making this show. We love Jacqueline. And the show comes back. Hang on. Season three debuts on Showtime Friday, November 18th. Enjoy. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still have guests to introduce themselves. Oh, great. Would um, you introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Jacqueline Tiboni. I like to cook. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to hear what people say. I didn't know you like to cook. What do you like to cook? A whole bunch of stuff. Usually Italian. I grew up in an Irish-Italian household and, you know, the, the Italians trump the Irish in terms of food a bit, so. Where, where did you grow up? San Francisco, California. In an in an Irish Italian house. I'm 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 Italian American Italian American. Are you? Person. Yeah. Come on. Look at our eyebrows. Well, mine are a little mine are a little affected by the '90s, but <laughs> mostly not. Um, um, did you uh, grow up in a Catholic Italian household? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Catholic and, school my whole life. Yeah. Ditto. And including um, including college. Did you? Did no. You to college. I didn't. You went to well, a Catholic college. What a mistake. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> For you or me here. Uh, no, I was speaking about you. I'm, I really just, it sounds like you didn't have enough Catholic schooling. That was that was what I wanted to cover today on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catholicism. You know uh, what? Let's chat about it. Yeah. So you, so you, you went to Catholic grade school in high school? Yeah. Did you call your, we called it elementary school. No, I called it grade school, and um, this is so funny. It's such a funny regional. This is that's also or 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 grammar school is what I call that. I've also heard grammar school, grade school, or grammar school. Never elementary school. That would be like what? What are we? What is this? Europe? Like that's so that's so different. Actually, another thing that's very funny is that in Canada, where I currently live, they don't use like freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. So I was trying to communicate. I literally can't remember if I just said that. I think I just said this on the podcast, but it's because it blew my mind. I was like talking to somebody and I was like, yeah, when I was a freshman and the person was just like, I, what do you, what do you mean? You're talking like, about. I know these words, but I've never learned what they mean. And I refuse to start. And I was like, okay, ninth grade. And then she was still like, I don't, I don't get it. And it's because in Canada, they oh. call it grade nine, but she couldn't do the conversion. <laughs> it was too hard. <laughs> But I got there in the end. I was like, anyway, so yeah, so there you are. You're in Catholic grammar school or elementary school. Yeah. The San Francisco regional dialect. Mm-hmm. Um, grammar. Very clearly grammar to me. Okay, got it. Got yeah. it. Uh, grammar school. Do you wear a uniform? Oh, yeah. I wear a, you know what? I actually saw someone 
because I guess it's like a trendy pattern now wearing like the plaid of my grammar school skirt. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't seen I, that in years. I, uh, I, here's, here's a true fact. Yep. Give um, it to me. <laughs> Diablo Cody went to my high school and was in my sister's class. And I've never seen the movie Jennifer's Body because I'm scared of everything and I can't watch that movie. But I, I think I, sh- I think I will someday. I've seen clips, specifically the lesbian clips, but um, yeah, it's very gay, right? I I haven't seen it because I'm also yeah. It's I guess it's very gay. gay. I don't know. Megan Fox eats you. I think is the point of the movie. Whatever, whoever okay. you are, she eats you. Um, but her character is wearing my high school plaid skirt, like in the movie and on the the poster. And that was that when that movie oh came God. out, it kind of flopped, but it was a big deal because it was like after Juno. And so there was a time, I mean, the poster was everywhere. Yeah. And, and, um, I mean, I think she's a, I think she's an actual monster. <laughs> I think that the, that Megan Fox is an actual monster in the movie. And she looks like a hot girl that went to my high school in the plaid that I wore in high school. Wow. I got to look this up and see whose is better. My, ours was, uh, ours were bad. We had to wear a, a red what, tie. What was the bait? Like, what was the base? What was the basic color of the plaid? So before you hit fifth grade, you're in a jumper. Of course you are. Right? Did you guys have that? With like a Peter Pan collar? Yes. And then a red tie (laughs) that went like this and like a silver button holding Mm. together the tie. It's so funny because now my nieces are in these uniforms, which like cracks me up. And then high socks. Yeah. Knee high socks, white with white shoes. The white shoes feel like a real surprise. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and the and the boys have to wear black shoes. Well, right. Why would why would the two the only two genders wear the same? Of shoes? course, of course. Um, it's funny. My like cousin just moved from New York and is doing his eighth grade year at my grammar school, and he's like, you know, went to public school his whole life, is totally more evolved and like progressive than a lot of the kids. Um, that are like more sheltered from my grammar school. And he just is like, well, I can't wear, I have to get black Jordans. Like he, he can't like not be able to express his self. Like is that allowed? Cell. Could he wear black Jordans? If they're all, if they're all black, it works. Wow. I, that would not have been, mm-mm. had to do really, it's like, Wow. Yeah. And it might, I mean, the other thing I'll say is that like, and I've definitely talked about this on the show, so I'm so sorry to anybody who's listened to every single episode. But like freshman year of high school, I was I had like long hair and because I wore a uniform in high school also and wore the uniform skirt and like knee high socks by choice. I wore white knee high socks by sh- by choice and platform Steve Madden's, which were like that he had just that sh- that sh- the concept of a Steve Madden had just come out. Wow. Um, were they like platform like lace ups? No, they were platform loafers. Okay. Because cool. Steve Mann only made loafers for like the very beginning of his okay, career. Crappy. They were blue. I wore like iridescent blue platform Steve Madden loafers. <laughs> um, like patent leather is what I'm like. No, they were like leather leather. I can't. And every day you never, you never, your well, creature man, habit. I I like, what, what are, well, because like. I didn't have like a shit ton of money for multiple pairs of shoes. Yeah. So true. yeah, they were, and they were like expensive, you know? Yeah. For, um, yeah. I wore those every day. And then by the time I was a senior, 
I had the shortest possible hair. Oh no, someone I think is going to come try to clean my room. Hang on a second. <laughs> um, come on in. We'd love to have you. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! I have gotten pretty creative in hotel rooms in terms of, like, having to live there for work. My first job, I was cast out of school, so I was, like, a college kid. You know, couldn't afford to be, like, eating out every night, and so I would find just really creative ways. What did I used to do? I used to cook eggs in my coffee maker. I used to hard boil eggs or soft boil eggs. In- Wait a minute. Hang on a second. Talk me through this. How would one do that? Well, it boils water and then it goes through the thing. So you can either put the so egg. This is, this is where Nes- Nespresso machines have ruined our lives because I actually tried. This is true. I tried to make macaroni and cheese in an espresso machine because they're because like everything's coffee pods now and it doesn't really boil water like it's not like a traditional coffee yes. maker where like it's like just flash steaming so anyway my point is um uh, that won't work for you You cannot make macaroni and cheese in an espresso machine is what i have learned because it's not hot enough it's not it's not hot enough and it doesn't like it's not hot enough for like long enough like you're just like you know like that's like how anyway but keep going you were hard-boiling eggs in the coffee machine. What else? What else should I be doing? Blender. Got a blender. That was really helpful for me. Oh, yeah. And then I had them clear out the fridge. Like, you know how they put... It's like all drinks. Oh, yeah. So yeah I was yeah. like, get everything out of here so I can like, you know. I'm already living in that zone. Okay. I live in like... I actually live in like a one-bedroom apartment, but it's... Oh, so you have a kitchen. It's, it's at a hotel. Yeah. Um, so there is a kitchen that's small and hilarious and uh yeah <laughs> i'm imagining you have a microwave but you're like no i just want to see i just want to <laughs> well, see if i could do it in the nespresso machine you're like trying to <laughs> At challenge that time, yourself i was staying in a different room that did not have the microwave and i was just like i really need this mac and cheese man and i it just it was such a failure i've never been sadder in my life well um, it's also such a treat that you're like yeah. Oh my God, I'm so looking forward to it. And then it's totally. like, it doesn't work. And it's like the biggest letdown. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so you got your first job right out of college. You're living in a hotel. Where were you living in a hotel? In Portland. I've been pretty lucky with the places I've gotten to. Work. Oh, because you were on, you were Grimm. on, say it again. Grim. Yeah, you're going to kill me. I mean, not you're going to kill me. David's going to kill me. Because David Gentoli is in my show that I work at. He's, I work with David all the time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wait, which show are you on? Are, I'm are on, on a show called A Million Little Things. Yes. On oh ABC. And David, so I play, so David's character used to be married to Grace Park's character. 
on this show. Mm-hmm. And last season, after they got divorced, I was introduced as Grace's new love interest. <sighs> so I am like in their family. Like I do scenes with Grace. I mean, I do scenes with everybody, but I work the most with Grace and David because weirdly then the show was like, do you know what makes a lot of sense is like if this lesbian, if if the ex-wife's girlfriend and the ex-husband are really good friends. So we are constantly hanging out together on and, and off camera. I feel like he has a I forgot a you were in Grimm. Italian. Yeah, anyway. yeah he's the best. Set. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's the best. Um we talk about Italianness. We talk about Portland. Um Yeah, he yeah. lived there for a while. Yeah, you gotta tell him I said hello. I miss I sure him. will. Yeah. I saw him recently. Yeah, so I, I lived in Portland. And I don't know. Now getting to film in LA, I feel pretty lucky being in major cities that I really enjoy and just getting to like explore Portland because it's not like a ton of shows that film up there. And so, uh, I felt lucky to be on one of them. Yeah. It feels like that was also happening at a heyday that I don't know. I don't want to shit on poor Portland, but for a minute it was getting a little bit of, uh, like TV and film love because of that, because of your show and Portlandia sort of happening at the same time. And then like a lot of things were happening there for a moment, but it feels like uh, it's dried up a little bit. Yeah. But it's such an opportunity. Like, the people, the crew there is so good. And somebody should make a show in Portland because it's, like, all the infrastructure is there. Stages, okay. everything. So It's us. Let's do it. Okay. Great. Done. Booked. Let's Sold. write Sold. a show. <laughs> Great. Can't wait. <laughs> I'll hit you up after this. Yeah. Go right into development. Sounds good. Um, David Gentoli, bring. Bring, bring him in. He's wonderful. We yeah, get along yeah, yeah. very well. And we it could be an Italian family. That's it. There it is. <laughs> Perfect. I'm the middle sibling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, done. That's okay. Great. It's a show about <laughs> eyebrows. Um, <laughs> yeah. Had you had you lived in LA before the real L word? I don't. I thought you were not living there. Did you live there? Well, no, I was like literally taken out. So I went to Michigan. And I was mm-hmm. taken out of the classroom and basically put on this show through a series of kind of crazy circumstances. And so then I moved to Portland and then I moved to L.A. And then I was in L.A. when I got this job. By by the real L word, you mean the reality show that, that followed? That. I'm so sorry I said that. No, no, no. 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 I don't mean or the, the original. Word. I, mean the L, I mean the L word Generation Q. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love it. We're the real L word. <laughs> you are the real L word. That's so funny. I never thought of that. But like, what a slap in the face to the real L word to have the other one being called the real L word. I know. <laughs> That's... But it truly is the real L word. The only re- reason the real L word reality show exists, exists is because of the real L word. I know, original... exactly. There's the so real L word prime. That's what I call the ridge. The L- real L word prime? prime? I call it the L word prime. Oh because because your show has... steal that. Yeah, you really should. Because your show has mixed it's because if if i'm saying the l word and i'm talking to a much younger person they might think i'm talking about your show Mm -hmm. so then i have to say the l word prime Mm -hmm. consider popping that around set you know what i i just might the l word prime i always call it the original and i call the original cast the ogs that's what we refer right 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 right. okay generation kate s yeah it's funny i want to hear more about how you were plucked out of a classroom because that sounds very dramatic i was reading a script for like 
we did these in senior year. You had these films that, you know, the writers would write it. And then like the film school would come, they would cast actors from the actor department. So it was kind of like a um, mix of, you know, a bunch of different departments. And I got cast in one of those films and um, a producer, uh, two producers, daughters, their daughter went to Michigan in like the art school. Then the uh, head of the film department heard they were coming and they had started Grimm. And so they came to give it like advice on a script because he's a writer. And then I was reading uh, the script and they were like, we've been looking for a character. We like, you know, have been trying to cast her for a long time. And it was basically like, and so we all put ourselves on tape, but they were like, you look like you could throw somebody against a wall. And it'd be believable was like the sell. I was like, okay. So then flew out to LA the next could, day. Could you? Just as oh, a yeah. follow-up question. Okay. Well, I'm the youngest of five. So you got to be able to defend yourself a little bit. Absolutely. Household. And so then I flew out to LA, auditioned, uh, like actually auditioned. And um, then they flew me up to Portland to test with David Gentoli. And um, then I went back to school for a week. And then they called me and were like, get to Portland. I was like, oh my God. Okay. Crazy. Wow. Did you graduate? Did you get to graduate? I did because by senior year, you're doing a lot of back, like the majority of what you're doing is in the acting school. And, um, it's like a conservatory based program. And so I just did stuff for Grimm sort of, it was a little cheap, but I also finished the last, you know, month or whatever at school we wrapped before finishing so I got to graduate yeah thank thank god that that I mean that sounds reasonable and just sometimes people aren't reasonable you know what I mean like to, to let you actually have your professional acting job count as in for acting credit is like that's so reasonable well it's I was more reasonable like, than sometimes people are yeah I was taking like acting for the camera it's like how are we not going to transfer this sort of. I don't know. and I would people check in with my nuts. teachers people and, are like, out of their mind a lot of acting programs do that. They're like, if you're out, if you take a professional job, you're out. This is more yeah. important. But it's like, I don't think that makes a ton of sense. Certainly doesn't to me. So I love that that's not what happened. Yeah. That feels that yeah. feels like logic and reason. So at this point that we're speaking, you're like a few years into living in L.A. and being on the real second generation L.A. <laughs> <laughs> the post-original, the post-prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the post-consecutive. The post-prime L.A. <laughs> yeah, L.A. post-prime. Absolutely. Um and I'm I'm curious about I mean, I have every possible question about what that experience is like for you. Um, I'm imagining that there was a big change in like, for instance, something like visibility, because even if you're already on TV to be on a show like the L Word, it's a different resonance and importance with a specific community. So that's a different thing than being like um, even in like a super popular, you know, network drama, there's a difference in my imagining to being in something that like a community thinks is its its best first top thing. 
Um, so maybe, maybe just tell me if I'm right. Is that, has that been a, has that been a big change for you? Yeah. Visibility books? Definitely. I think post, um, grandma did easy, which was gay. Um, and even though I was playing a straight character on Graham, it felt gay <laughs> because of me. And so like, it would hit in really interesting demographics. Like, it would play in Iran, and a bunch of people would be like, we've never seen a boy that look, a, a girl that looks like a boy on television. And these very, like, right. interesting things started. So it all felt pretty queer, but not the L word queer. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It? That it's, that it's, uh... It's iconic. It's like, oh my it's God. It's iconic is the right word. And I yeah. watched the show growing up, and I was obsessed. And when I got this audition, I was like, oh, my God, I have to do this. Um, and, yeah, it's for sure very different, you know. And it's it's interesting. There's goods and bads to it because you feel like, you know, sometimes you can't totally walk into a queer space, which is, like, the safest, which is, you know, it's like a safe haven for you. And yet if it's, it doesn't, it feels like that in a very different way. There's not a lot of yeah, relaxing. This is something I'm sure it feels to. like that to you as well. I think I have a little bit of a different relationship to this in that my first job is as a stand-up comic. And I think, and then, you know, podcaster and like writer, these things that are like, they're about me. They're like who I am. And so I think that folks have a little bit of a different relationship to me in the community. It doesn't mean like, um, what does it mean? Like I'm never in a weird situation, but I think that I think I, when I talk to my friends who are like actors or musicians first, I think there's a different distance, especially for actors. Cause like people are used to seeing you. I mean, the first way people might see me is like live physically in front of them. So different when you're like the first way you're encountering somebody is on TV. So I'm saying all this just to say like, I can go a lot of places um, and feel like I could even go to like lesbian bars. Doesn't mean that people aren't going to like know who I am, but it just I can go a lot of places. Um, and I I don't even I mean, I don't know the OGs well, but I've been at like a zillion even like house parties with them. And I feel like just even that kind of thing where like it's a group of friends, but I don't know them well. Um, I can see like I'm, I'm like kind of sensitive to how people are feeling mm -hmm. and I can see that maybe they're approached a lot because there's a bit of like a desire to like I'm I'm very good friends with some of their friends mm -hmm. but but we've never become friends and I think part of that is just like I can't imagine what that was like for them when the when the show Original. first came out yeah. and they couldn't go anywhere and I have a lot of yeah I, lo I have a lot of friends who are like actors that were in iconic shows and it's just I just know it's different so I'm imagining that you and I might have a different experience if we walked into a lesbian bar where like people might think they're friends with me but feel a little more comfortable with me but I feel like for you I don't know I don't know that we're having the same experience yeah I was talking to my friend uh who's an influencer um and Shannon Beveridge and she was like and I was like all these people know who you are, but it doesn't feel like they're like, Hey, can I get a picture? Or like, and I, and I also think they're, she's like, yeah, but they know who I am. Like they, they know me. Like 
I feel like people are treating you like they get to see me all the time. They get to see what my like thoughts or feelings on something are, but like you, it's like so removed that it's like, Oh, that's Finley. Yeah. It's different. I, I, I've been with folks like, you know, and had, and seen how people treat us differently. Um, even if they know who everybody is in the situation. Yeah. But it also feels kind of safe because they're your people. So like, (laughs) I'm just like, Jessica, I, I, we've gotten four pictures together. I need you to put the phone away. You know, I feel like, <laughs> okay, being like, like yeah. that I'm not like a dick, they know. And they're like, okay, fine. And I'm like, cool. Are we good? You know, like it feels like there's, um, and this doesn't happen all the time. It's not like my life is unmanageable whenever I go to a lesbian bar, but it feels like um, there is like a safety in being able to be myself, which feels way less bad. That's what I was going to ask. It doesn't feel unmanageable? No. Who cares? Okay. It's like, oh my God, what a cool thing that like the people that like, and the way you're approached is different. It's not like, oh my God, I love you for, you know, uh, the action sequence you did or, you know, something like that. It's like, oh my God, when I saw you on TV, I just like, it, it, it means something different to people, I feel, because there's not as much representation. Um so it's like, I don't care. Of course. Come on up. Let's take a picture. It doesn't, you know, it, it, it is not a hindrance in my life. It's, a, it's an addition. Sorry, Bia. Oh, that's very good to hear. Again, this is like sort of watching from afar, but I just remember even just like seeing photos of what it was like for like the more Leisha and Kate generation of people. Like, I think that was different than what you're describing because we hadn't had like a thing. And totally, I think, yeah, I think they were mobbed. Like, I just remember seeing even pictures of, like, what life was like for them. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that you have, like, a... Oh, yeah. I'm also such a people person that I love meeting new people. I love talking to people. So it, it, it doesn't feel like my energy is being sucked up. But I talked to them about it. And I was like, what was it like? You know, like, I'm such, like, a fan. <laughs> They were like, yeah. well, it was different because we were all shooting in Vancouver. There were no phones. Yeah, Nobody totally. knew who, like, we were, like, in, or, like, we could kind of do whatever we wanted. And it felt like we were, like, a family because we were all working up there together. We were the only people, you know, we knew. And so, um, I I don't know. They're like, oh, you guys have it rough. And I'm like, no, you guys had it rough. You know, we're both. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I think since. That's so interesting. I know. I think since it's probably like, I mean, worse for them maybe, or like when they got to LA, but yeah. Yeah, it's so funny that the L word was shot in Vancouver now that I have lived here for two years. I mean, it's such (laughs) bullshit. Have you spent time here? Uh, No, but I like came to LA and I was like, Where's the planet, baby? <laughs> I was like, let's go. I even said to like Eileen or Kate or Alicia or something. I was like, that was bullshit because like that was false advertising and there is not one lesbian bar here. <laughs> well, I mean, to me, I think the the funniest thing is just like that the weather makes absolutely no sense. Totally. <laughs> like, like it makes no sense. I mean, um, and who was I at dinner with? Like Angela Robinson. And, and I found out that that um Bettentina's pool is on a soundstage. Stop. How I 
I can't believe I'm telling you this. This is real. Bette and Tina's pool was on a soundstage. I can I can picture that pool so well in my mind right now. It's almost embarrassing. How did they do that? I don't know. It also makes sense. How would they shoot a fucking pool in Vancouver? Yeah, especially in the winter. It's like... So anyway, that pool is like always steaming. Steamy pool, yeah. Steamy pool. Yeah. The vibes, the vibes, the vibes are right. Well, that's because it was sense. freezing outside of the pool. That's why it, it was actually just like lukewarm, but outside it was freezing. So steam. It was, it was, uh, you couldn't even make mac and cheese with that pool, but, but, no. you know, nonetheless. Okay. Well, talk to me about this then. Here's some follow up questions. Um, sex scenes. How does that feel for you? It feels good. I mean, I think people are often like, I can't believe you get to like, hook up with people at work. That's like awesome. Oh no, those people are wrong. Those people are so wrong. I mean, have you done one? It's like, yeah, it is very um, mechanical is how I would describe it or technical. Um, And so it doesn't feel like you're, I feel bad for, for men who do sex scenes um, because I think no matter what, if you're like doing an action, you get aroused and then it's like horrible. Um, I'm sure that to be does in that situation. Seem horrible. I have thought of that many times. What are we supposed and, to do in that yeah. situation? We men. What are we yeah. cis straight men? <laughs> Sorry, cis straight men. Um, or just I guess cis men. But I um yeah, I mean it's 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 fine. I also couldn't imagine like doing a, a heterosexual sex scene. It just feels, like, so scary to me. It does seem <laughs> truly like, challenging, doesn't it? Yeah, you're having fake sex with your friends. It's like you're giggling the entire time, and you're like, oh, my God, I, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. The beginning of the sentence, you're having fake sex with your friends is great. We'll just, <laughs> I just like that, first of all. Um, I agree with you. You know, that's a funny thing. I And it was, I guess this ties back to what you were saying about Grimm, too. Because uh, something I get asked all the time is, like, if... Well, first, I want to say two things. Number one, I've done I've done a ton of makeouts. I've never done a scene where there's supposed to be like penetrative sex happening that is also on camera. Like the camera has cut away, but I've never done that. Mm-hmm. And that does seem well, I'd like to because I think that that sounds fun. In that, like you're on a show that's trying to get it right, but I feel like a lot of shows do a thing that I call skydiving, which is like where there's two people with vaginas are having sex with each other and like nobody's hands are even being utilized but they're like simultaneously orgasming do you know what i'm talking about this is constantly yeah, happening on tv yeah, yeah. it's You're like, like it's like how, what's what's going on male directors are like that, <laughs> what, they, why they, is this so pleasurable like, to everybody because yeah yeah are like scissoring <laughs> like, like, it's not i don't just rub each what? other you yeah. know <laughs> yeah rub against each other um yeah so, you think it, feels, it would be fun I think, I think it feels fun to try to get it right. Yeah. You also are, like, trying to get it right in terms of, like, mechanics. Um, like, how stuff is happening and make it feel real. Because it's it's technically hard when you're not actually, like, digitally penetrating someone <laughs> to, like, make it look like that is yeah. the first thing. And so you want it to, like, look real. And you also start to understand what looks best on screen. So, like, what like hands on 
body. Like, you know, so it doesn't feel like how you would normally behave uh, or how I would normally have sex, I guess. You know, it's like your mind is not, your mind is working for the camera a little bit. Does that make sense? And the difference is like that hands are visible or like what, when you're, when you're trying to vamp in that way or like make something look sexy. Yeah. I know the camera's over here. What are you trying to do? Um, I'm trying to like tell a story with Hmm. like what I'm working with. So like, I know the shot, I know that it's a macro shot getting these moments. And so my, you know, performance will be like different for each shot. Yeah, I hear you. Because I know what they're picking up, which like before it was like, you know, before like season one or whatever. And I've worked on shows and done sex scenes on other shows that it feels very different because the director is approaching it very differently. But, um, but like, you know, season one, you're just like, okay, well, it's like action and let's like go for it. And just like, you know, top to bottom, this is what's happening. These are the actions that are happening. This is how we're going to do it. Does everybody feel safe? You know, you talk about consent and all this stuff. And now it feels um, like you can expedite the process a little bit. And the sex scene looks a lot better. Mm, that's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I get some of what you're saying in that, like, even like kissing for TV, makeouts for TV, it's like very, it's very, it's very hands. There's a lot of. There's a lot of hands and hair. There's a lot. There's a lot of. There's a lot of. Oh, the other thing is that you need to pull away. Like, like in regular human makeouts, you might just keep your uh, lips together, but that's like not sexy actually to never have mm-hmm. gaps between faces. So there's a lot of like. Yeah, like pulling away, breathing. Like, there's a lot. Of I can't stop breathing. myself from kissing you. Like, <laughs> it's like these elevated moments, but it's. Yeah. I mean, here's a prime example is it, like gay sex. Sometimes it feels or straight sex or whatever. It it feels more intimate, at least like to me, to like go down on somebody than it does to like, um, I don't know, not always, but sometimes. But that doesn't read very well on screen because you're separate. You're not seeing someone. You know what I mean? Your, your faces aren't together. Your bodies aren't together. You're not seeing the connection between two people because you're not like looking at each other or like close to each other. Um, so that was something interesting to find because it's like, you know, exactly what I'm talking about visually, how you can, you know, tell the story of intimacy or tell the story of a power dynamic or whatever. It, it changes with whatever story you're trying to tell. I mean, that's interesting, I guess, because just thinking about how that is usually shot and how, somebody going down on somebody is usually shot that like does work well is there's not a ton of focus on the person who's mm-hmm. <laughs> down doing the task. It's intercut. Like it's like intercut to make them closer, to make the people closer. Yeah. Um, like, like face to face or, or like not a like stomach focused. <laughs> yeah. But that feels Shots. awful. Like <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, get my stomach. That'd be great for me. <laughs> But, but it, it is. is. There's, like there's a lot of like, or whatever. Yeah. There's a yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. Um, yeah. Also, just like the intricacies of how you tell like, um, 
this story, like what's different with like queer sex is interesting. I don't, I don't want to give an example because I don't want to like ruin anything, but it's, yeah, there's different. You don't want to ruin any upcoming queer sex or you don't (laughs) want to ruin the sex that people might have in you don't want to ruin you don't want to ruin upcoming queer sex on your show or yes you don't want listeners to know what they could possibly achieve in their own personal <laughs> lives with queer sex. i don't want to make anybody feel bad i uh, <laughs> yeah no not that i'm sorry if Do- you're if you're hearing something there's a plumber drilling into a pipe outside my house so. actually you know what it's totally i think it's okay great it's good i mean i'm, I'm not sure how it'll sound on the podcast but like let's hope that it sounds Drilly, which actually is great for this part of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm done talking about the sex part. We heavy next. Yeah. You know what actually has some good. Just this is this is just an aside for any listeners. Uh, good oral sex scenes is the movie Ammonite. That they had some good oral sex in that movie. Just FYI. Okay, something great. to check out. That's absolutely it's... that and Jennifer's body on the docket. <laughs> These are the things. <laughs> Queer content. These are the. It has a terrible, tra- you know, sad ending, just like every period lesbian drama. But it's got got some great. Uh, I'll sex check it out. Um, what I was gonna, what I wanted to come back and cover is when you said that you weren't like playing a character, queer character on Grimm, but like that you made the that your queer, queerness makes a like that, that it's part of the character. Mm-hmm. And I just I thought that I think that's interesting and helpful to hear because something I get asked all the time is like if I play straight people like I like are you do you play straight people and do you do you only play queer people in you know television and film and and I always want to be like I mean I've played like a drug dealer that didn't have particular you know or like I've played like a improvise like I just mean I've like played characters that they weren't like dating anybody in the drug deal or whatever, but it was me. And I truly think that like, and this, you know, you're a different kind of actor than I am. You're like a, tra- you know, train. I'm like a stand-up comic who kind of stumbled into this and is having some fun and some success, but like, that's my first thing. And I can't really imagine when people ask that, I'm like, what, what? show or movie is even interest like what like what what straight person do i need to be playing like what (laughs) like what like specifically like you know like and i i think it's not that i would say no to some job i would totally say yes to a job but it, it does feel like it's almost like there's a there's like a bite to that question that just feels like kind of shitty where it's like no clearly i'm not oh i don't think so you don't tell me Oh, I don't think there's a bite to the question. I'm you not don't? like taking offense by being like, can you, I, I, I'm i not taking it as like, can you play straight? Like, oh, I don't no. think it's like that. Is that what you're saying? You don't, you, when I get asked this question, I, I feel. Oh, yeah. I so understand. You, Sorry. No, no, no. But you don't feel that question. If somebody it else was asking me that question, maybe outside of my community, I would probably find it annoying, which is Oh, yes. I find it annoying because these are people that are asking me this yeah. question. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> but that wasn't even what I was. So I was going to I was going to ask you if you get this question. That's what I was going to ask. I've had experiences where I've been auditioning for a part. This is before I came out professionally, just kind of like no one asked. And they were like, I think, nervous about it. And so for my callback 
They had costumes bringing dresses. They had a scene where I was going on my first date. It was very interesting. Um, so that didn't feel super good, but I booked it. Um, I, I, I would answer that question in two ways. It's like, I think I would love to explore like a straight character with a love interest because I think there are straight people that look like me or totally. you know, us. And I think it would be interesting to like do that. But also this story would have to not just be about being straight because like, it's kind of uninteresting to me. Like it would have to be a really good story that kind of this character happens to be straight. Cause really yeah. I'm interested in making stuff for queer people. Like I, I just queer stories are more interesting for me at this time in my career to be telling. And I just happen to be queer and look queer. So it's helpful. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I mean, look, I want to go to space, you know, so there's a show exactly. that takes me to space, but I have to make out with another space guy. And that Done. space guy is David Gentoli. <laughs> we already have chemistry. That's like a perfect example because I feel like straight, even straight astronauts could look gay. <laughs> you know, I could play an athlete. I could play an athlete. I could play an astronaut. I could play a working a working gal and yes sort of, yes yes yeah. Every, you know what everything you've named is the right what about a, a professional archer like oh, i'm an archer man. i'm an olympic archer or it's uh or like i'm protecting a castle you know what i mean like it's a, oh like a joan of arc moment? yeah 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 yes yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. both play two simultaneous joan of arcs battling <laughs> back to back 100 <laughs> percent done <laughs> yeah that's me making uh sword noises um yeah yeah, we could. So, like, yeah, if it's something like that, obviously, it's just like, I don't know if anybody is choosing me to play the like, like the movie, like crazy, like just a love story. Yeah, is uh, I'm not getting cast that unless like she comes out after a relationship. Yeah, do you know and what I, I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I guess the other thing I'd say is, I mean, it's cool to hear you. I, like, I'm also good with yeah i'm good with that like i don't i'm good i'm yeah. good with like i'll i'm good with joan of arc but do you feel like uh, well i guess you know you're a stand-up comedian like first and foremost but i was really scared when i first got into the industry because there were no gay parts and i was like not out and i was like well what's what do i choose here and then i came out and then I, like synonymously with all of these like queer parts starting to come up and now it feels like every show whether the actor yeah. is queer or not there's a queer character in there but i just feel like my trajectory and like timing of it all was i was very fortunate yeah absolutely i mean it's i 100 percent know what you mean i this is kind of why i said earlier the like stumbled I have to like say this to my cast sometimes and or you're gonna like, say cat i was like my, i have to say this to my cat no i don't have cats come on i'm a dog, <laughs> I'm a dog person. <laughs> um for me i didn't make the i didn't go through the the choice that you're talking about because i didn't even consider that i might be able to 
do this job because I was already uh, out performing. Like I like I started performing professionally in, in comedy when I was 19. So like I was already and it was kind of a pre-internet time. I guess I could have like <laughs> I could have like pretended that all didn't happen. Um but I was already out. So there wasn't like a moment, like I didn't think of acting first. So there wasn't a moment where I had to decide to come out. Mm. Um, but it was the opposite thing where it was like, well, I'm already out. So clearly I will never be able to do anything. Yeah. It's the opposite side of that same coin that you're talking about. Um, and so it's all been a surprise to me because I, I'm like, but you've seen my hair, right? Like, it's like, you know, like, and I, I just feel I feel pretty shocked that that you're able anybody, to be. Yeah, that I can be on TV. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I feel kind of shocked as well. I'm so happy for you that you get to be who you actually are amidst having all of this success. Yeah. That sounds better to me than the alternative. You too. Yeah, I mean, I sort of just jumped in with both feet and sort of uh thankfully it's worked out but it it honestly is like like gay fairy godparents like mm -hmm. i feel like it's like um having gay role models and you know queer people in power and yeah it, it just it it feels i feel very fortunate to have you know people looking out for me there's so much more that um we could have talked about about finley <laughs> and all of the trajectory of that person actually let, let me this is good because i feel like finley finds that this season she finds <gasps> a little bit of like chosen family and i was thinking i was like after season one i was like how are we gonna get out of this how do you like what is the medicine that like helps the symptoms of shame because it's mm -hmm. so clear in this character and it's like you know so present in like you know the queer community and for me as a person and I was like, what is it? What's the answer? And I think it's that. And I think hmm. you get to see that. Wow. That was good. That is good job. <laughs> that was beautiful. And yeah, I, I, you know, I remember the moment you're talking about after the end of, you know, season one where Finley was like actively in a destruction zone. And uh, yeah, I hear you. I've been there. I've been in an active destruction zone. <laughs> totally. And I think yeah. it's like, Something that is, I don't know, I wonder, I don't have the numbers on this, but it's pretty, like, present in the queer community. Because, like, no matter what your life has been, like, you have probably gone through some sort of, like, trauma. Maybe it's not like that for, for like, the next generation. And you also have taken enough time in, like, looking inward to realize this about yourself. So there's like, mm. I don't know, both mm -hmm. those things, I think, right, make it potentially more difficult for a person, but also, uh, you know, ignorance is bliss in a way. So whatever the opposite right. of that is. Right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, statistically, LGBTQ folks are more likely to struggle with addiction, for instance, but also there's less stigma around something like talk therapy in our community. I think that's kind of exports, supports exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Well, look, it's time for us to say bye-bye pretty soon. Wait, um, before you yeah. leave, I'm sorry I keep talking. 
stopping you. I need to know one thing. I have, I've never met you before, and I've been waiting to ask you this question. Was there a ghost at your comedy show at the Dynasty Typewriter? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, di- yes, that, that did happen. There was a ghost. There was a ghost. <laughs> okay. I needed to know that. I walked into that place. Um, I was with a mutual friend of ours, Beth Stelling, and I was, it felt haunted. And I was talking to the owner, and he was like, oh, yeah, it's haunted. Check out this video. And it's you doing stand-up, and yes. there's a ghost. That's from, like, two years ago or something. Maybe it was even, was it during the pandemic? Was there anybody in the audience? I can't remember if it was during the pandemic, because sometimes I performed at Dynasty with no audience during the pandemic. I think it might have been no audience, but anyway, I'm not sure. So just, just to make that story much worse. <laughs> Did you feel imagine it? Imagine it's the middle of the pandemic. No, but there was, there was a... There was that video came after. I think I was teaching. I was teaching in an empty theater via Zoom during the pandemic. And then afterwards, there was this video where there was a ghost. So my point is, what are we supposed to do? You know, how are we supposed to even live this life? I don't know. I have one final question for you. Yeah, sorry. Um, And that's, I always ask folks to shout out a queero, which is a person, place, or thing that made them feel that they could be who they are today. Can you shout out a queero for me? Yeah, can I shout out a few? Sure. Marja Lewis Ryan and mm-hmm. Heidi Salzman and my sister. Oh. But Marja and Heidi, I did a, um, Heidi's on the season, this season. She's very good. But I did a play with, right, do I have time for a quick story or no? It's on, it's on your timeline. I got, I got. Okay, I'm going to take it. Um, uh, I was like, I'm so nervous about, you know, Coming on, like, how do you even like meet girls and whatever? She's like, you're gonna be fine, blah blah blah. She's like my fairy game mother, and um, and like I'm not kidding. Five seconds later, this girl comes up and is like, "Hi, what's your name?" And I was like, <laughs> looked at Heidi, and I was like, "Did you plan this?" We weren't even at like a gay bar, and she was like, "No, no, I didn't." <laughs> it was like the world's coming together, and anyway, Heidi and Marja have been, you know. Uh, very supportive and great role models for me. And then my sister is just always knows what I'm thinking before I'm thinking it. And it's incredibly supportive. Well, that's beautiful. I'm so glad you have those people in your life. And um, I'm also just so thrilled to meet you. I'm so happy for your success on Generation Q, but, but everything. And um, now we can just be pals in LA. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll come visit you in Gentile. Yeah, you fucking better. Get <laughs> 